this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Hey, it's Sparky. Welcome back to the Pie Boy Podcast. Um, so I was thinking about uh, last story, and uh, I was thinking back back about the mac and cheese. Just how silly that sounded, me doing that. I must have been little. I had to have been more like second grade, third grade. And we didn't have a microwave. I can't believe I thought hot water was going to do it. I just got to get ready for that as a dad now. Uh, I know Jeannie's going to be trying to make food at some point. I know I'm going to be in trouble, but I just got to go. I got to roll with it. Gotta have grace, not cause trauma. It's enough trauma to make a mess and cause problems, let alone somebody to have a bad reaction because you gotta clean up that mess. So, just a little thought. But this week is, so this is another, this whole week the theme is still connected to the, the dope game era and reflecting on that time period in my life and how I think about it now and where I've come from um, and how I think about that journey and what it's done, how it's shaped me, how some of the things are kind of unbelievable. Um, Some of the things are sad. That's just the truth. And sometimes you just got to roll with that kind of stuff because obviously... There's a way through it, around it, some way to overcome it and use it as a strength and not a weakness. But this uh, story is like part more like speaking to that fear that I had in this time. Another one of my fears was being left places and being... um, not told clearly what the plan was about where we were going and when we were being picked up or what activity my mom was doing while we were being babysat at people's houses that we really didn't want to be. We had to be because it helped keep our guys. It helped um, Graham and Gramps not know what was going on. Made it look like we are out doing stuff. But... Really, there was a few different friends that we would stay with, and this was one that was more just my mom's friend. We didn't really care for the people at all. The kids, the one brother was nice, and we liked him, but he had a hard time with these people too. I felt bad for him. I think of him now as I reflect on this story, but that fear of being left behind or fear of of abandonment or fear of separation, having separation anxiety. And as a teacher, I've learned more about that and how to help support kids. And it helps that I went through that. And I never had a therapist or somebody tell me that happened, but based on what I've learned in psychology classes and talking to a therapist at one point, um, and, just looking deeper in myself for answers. I've seen that it's, you just got to face it. And 
talk about it and that it was a thing. Um, I probably was in denial for a while that it didn't happen, but then decided to write it down and really like talk about it openly. And it's helped with a lot, but I definitely think where my like anxiety comes from is in this time period of fear of getting in trouble, fear of lying and like fear of people finding out like guilt and shame and fear of being left at these places. Like I'm going to talk about and fear of like me and my mom would get in trouble or something bad would happen to her or happen to people we knew and not really knowing what the hell was going on and being powerless and being a little kid with definite like boundaries. But yeah, this place, uh, I think I, I picked a song, a Nirvana song for the cover and it, it kind of explains this time period of, I wasn't the only kid from like a early millennial or whatever it is born in the eighties with parents born in the sixties and they just had a different kind of parenting style. And a lot of us felt these things, um, similar things. And I know Kurt Cobain, I've read a lot of stuff about him and not about like what the words mean, but like the feelings that, and the things that they make people think of and relate to in that generation X and also their kids, kids of generation X people and oh man nirvana just the vibes speak to me so much i would tune into that wavelength and when i read this story and think of this dope game era it's these hip-hop songs because they're talking about drug culture and crazy stuff but it's also this nirvana song i'm going to pick but it's also i have like a, a graceful song from this time period that's totally off the trail of those two genres i just talked about and their references to growing up in a drug world or growing up in a the drug game like i'm talking about so we might as well get into it so this is chapter 32 and i call it take me home mom had this drug friend named rochelle that had kids our age and she used to watch us sometimes when mom was out running with the devil she lived in the or they lived in the meadow glen apartments on the edge of town across from the fairgrounds maybe still do. It was the capital of Trashville. So many creepy acting people live there. I used to like to go there for the sheer fact we'd walk into some weird shit going down. It was decent people watching until you got involved. People would be fighting, drinking, and doing drugs in public. I kid you not. And there were kids running around vandalizing and tearing the place up saw it firsthand we were not allowed to go to the playground because of the behavior of the kids but also my mom was worried about adults and older people harassing us or doing other weird stuff one time we pulled into the parking lot and this dude was walking around with his pants down with his bare ass for all to see mom yelled at him from across the parking lot and then ran up to him she told him to pull his goddamn pants up and hit the road. He started to talk back, but stopped once he realized who he was dealing with. My mom coiled like a snake for battle. 
This was not a good look for the jackass. It was the hillbilly ghetto of Tillamook. Just like there's a hillbilly ghetto in a lot of places in Oregon. Milwaukee is the other one I think of. Some places in Clackamas. Some places in Gresham. There's some weird spots. Drug infested and low. It was the low life part of town. I've said that in different ways, but I just want to emphasize it. <laughs> it was also down the street from a senior center, which was sad. I would get worried about being there too long. I asked to call my mom a lot. Sometimes it was hours because before cell phones, because my mom would be in between phones, I usually, as I'm going to say, would talk to her on a pay phone. And I would call a number she had left me sometimes too. But that wasn't always a sure thing. But I couldn't call grandma. When I finally got my mom on the phone, though, she often told me she would be back soon, but never gave me a time, and then in the end was extremely late. I was so confused and upset when I was over there. I knew mom was doing bad stuff and was lying to us. Mom would leave us at her friend's apartment for hours, and sometimes overnight without telling us why. We never, ever asked to go play there just on the off chance. We were just taken there and, like, hid out there. A few times, my sister and I fell asleep on the couch waiting and waiting for my mom to come pick us up. One time, I stayed up till 2 in the morning waiting, and when she got there, she acted like it was not a big deal. I was freaking out. I always felt like we were being held hostage. Rochelle was such a bitch to us and one of her sons, the oldest son, Michael, who had special needs, which mom told us was because her friend did too many drugs when she was pregnant. Mom said he was a sweet kid, just a little slow. People didn't explain what it meant to be differently abled or to have special needs back then. It was confusing and it was sad. The younger brother, Nathan, got away with everything and was a straight-up little bastard, in the words of my Graham. He would encourage us to do bad things, like the vandalism I was talking about earlier. He got in scraps with neighbor kids. Would show up. Uh, he would show me his parents' porn magazine stash and giggle, and uh, he would also break his brother's toys on purpose to make him cry. The older brother, Michael, was so nice to Kayla and I. We would have so much fun watching Disney movies that had come out in the 90s, playing video games, and playing Legos with him. Uh, I remember vividly watching Hercules, the animated Hercules, and loving it. We watched it over and over and over. I think they had bought it or... So we knew somebody that worked at the video store, rental store, and they hooked us up. But with these weird drug people, the one thing they did have was Disney movies, and we watched a lot of them because of them. Like we had, we would rent stuff too, but these people would buy 
like everything that was brand new, like kid stuff. They always had kid crazy kid stuff. Um, but then the story gets a little darker. Nathan used to hit my sister, but Kayla used to hit him right back and make him cry. She would get in trouble for it, though. She hit like a freight train. I would laugh and root her on. I had to step in a few times, and I remember pushing boys down and sticking up for her. But most of the time, she held it down, and I was there to see it. I remember Rochelle always looking angry and whacked out with big white eyes, big 90s hair, and even bigger black circles around her eyes. She wouldn't let us eat their food. And I remember her telling me especially that she didn't need to feed us dinner or anything because they were broke. They always had money for crank, though, but not kindness. Real sweet deal. One night when mom left us, I made a plan to escape and run home. But I got scared because it seemed like home was so far away. It was across town. It was dark and I couldn't leave Kayla. I called my grandma, even though mom told me not to tell her. We were over there because she was either getting loaded or selling shit for other people to get loaded on. Graham came to us, came to get us and was so nervous and anxious. Then she was pissed at my mom. This may or may not have kick-started some of the rehab talk and later adventure. In the end, I was scared but so thankful Graham came. Graham saved my life so many times like this. I felt so much shame and guilt about what had gone down, but I realized now that it was not mine to hold on to. That was a heavy weight to carry, and it was finally off me. I couldn't lie to my grandma anymore. One time, Mom picked us up right before school started, and we had to wear the same clothes as school from staying over there. Kids made fun of me, and I remember being hungry because they didn't give us a snack after school the day before and didn't give us dinner that night. I also got in trouble with my teacher for not doing my homework. It was a mess, and I was mad at my mom for a long time for that one. I started asking Mom to please not leave us there. I always felt unsafe over there, and Mom didn't understand that for some reason. This woman watching us and her boyfriend used to yell and fight in front of us too, and it would scare us. The way she used to talk and treat her son with disabilities made me so sad. She was so mean to him, and sometimes I would cry thinking about it. He had run away to his grandpa's dairy farm a few times, and I was secretly rooting for him. I loved the farm, and he belonged there. And he loved the farm. And he belonged there. I remember we watched Titanic over there uh, as well. And I was disgusted. I didn't want to watch that. I wasn't into it. I fell asleep and they were like watching the whole thing. And I kept waking up and like falling asleep and waking up and falling asleep. I definitely saw the end because I slept. So I was good at the end and woke up. I think that might have been the same night that I thought about running away i think i was dreaming about it running back to the house and be like graham gramps like we gotta go get kayla but i couldn't leave her and it was easier just to call even though i know my grandma and grandpa were so pissed they had to be in that moment they had to be
and then but not at me i just didn't realize that i was so scared to do anything that i just did the dumbest shit excuse my french but it's true i'm just a little kid trying to figure out adult things and didn't always go so well people and that's just kind of the story of life but i figured it out it was a little rough but i picked that song and because he literally talks about calling his grandma like take me home and like telling his grandma take me home trying to call mom take me home just can't stand the separation anxiety and because of other stressful things because of people fighting and different things happening at home and people may putting like filling you full of shame and guilt to not tell what's really going on don't tell your grandpa this don't tell your grandma this don't you dare and like i picked the kendrick lamar song talking about kind of this the mom said i'll beat your ass and i bet that kendrick lamar's probably uh, mom probably beat his ass a couple times i don't know i can relate and that's why i like that part of the song and the mom threatening like that and like a I don't know some people are like that's so shocking and that's not shocking to me that's like I feel very reflective and very like tuned into that because of, that's how my mom would talk to me and sometimes it was about that like don't you fucking say anything to anybody especially your grandma and your grandpa like I hear that voice still sometimes and that's how I write this story and get the guts to tell the story so it was pushed on me. I carried it, and then I could let go of it. And now I can just kind of reach into the bag and pull out a story and then let it go. It works. And I also saw that Kurt Cobain, a lot of, there's so much drama with him and so much criticism of what people do to try to show that they just love the story. They love him. They love all the songs of the band and all that stuff. And the montage of heck so good. I saw it in Seattle on a whim. I was working, doing something else. And I went to a late showing with my like money I made that day. And they talked about his early life, which I hadn't, I didn't know that much stuff just little bits and then you know that his music was inspired by his experiences not everything was like about actual events but it's about feelings things that he felt things he was inspired by things around him he's tuned into that the universe and i'm just talking the relationship with his mom and just like making him stay with other people and then but he wants to be with her and but she's like no I'll just their rocky relationship I can relate with that and just like oh it hurts your soul and how I figure that out is by writing by sharing by telling a story reflecting I'm hoping I help somebody else but then so with trauma, there comes grace. And for me, I'm starting to really realize the balancing act that plays in your life. Um, and that just comes with more experience. You now, I thought I knew a lot. 
when I first started writing things and reflecting on things and thought I was a genius or whatever, pumped up on my own stuff. And over time, I just like think so much differently. I've learned so much more. And that's just like a 10 year, 12 year, 15 year old or 15 year year um, thought from 15 years ago or whatever when I first really started writing stuff and hoping to publish it. I was writing before that. I just didn't think that hard about it or didn't think much of it. But what I was saying, more experience, more time. As I get older, I see these themes and they weave in my life and this trauma and grace, trauma and grace. And that's what this podcast is about. Talking about the traumas and the graces. And I was talking about traumas a lot so far. So let's balance it out. And a little mini story, two mini stories, maybe a, a little three, maybe, maybe three mini stories is what I'm trying to say. But number one, grace for today. Very fortunate. I got my first vaccination shot as a teacher ready to go when the time happens when the opportunity comes i'm going in going back to teach um so it started with getting the vaccine got the first dose today it was interesting experience a practice and patience start off a little shaky because some motorist playing some kind of game stopping at the light and everybody gawking and wondering what's going on and snow slushy road still and people getting out switching who's driving and who's not pulling stuff out of the back and yelling at people they're yelling at people it's just a mess so it got me in a weird headspace but then i got there and took a while to park and that was bar a little rough but then i got in and just waited did a little loop-de-loops walking around in there big line like a concert line, but it moved fast and got in there, got my shot, took my 15-minute break and didn't have a, too much of a reaction. I felt a little cold and whatever. The chills, fortunate that nothing weird happened. Fortunate to have it, though. That's the grace. Next, chapter 33. It's called Just a Swingin'. So just like I picked the Nirvana song, Another song for this time period that was good is a, there was good things that would happen. And I think about different song songs that make me think of this time period, from this time period, and uh, a song called Just a Swingin' by John Anderson is a country rock person. Um, I think started in the 70s, and this was like a hit that he had in the 90s. After being a seasoned vet, and um, it was catchy. I loved it a lot, and we would sing it in the car. We had the tape and put it in my mom's Nissan uh, Camry, or not, Toyota. Was it a Toyota Camry? No. I, anyway, it was an, either a Nissan or a Toyota. I can't remember. But I had the tape player, and we put that tape in there, and all oh, the three of us loved that whole tape of that song we listen to the first song and like try to repeat it and then we listen all the way through on both sides and then start back over so we listen to like at least three times on a trip 
or hopefully on a trip somewhere, going to Neatarts or going to the fairgrounds or blah, 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 different things. And my mom did a cool thing. So the story's about that. Just a swinging. My mom had times where she was magic. People gravitated to her. She can be so fun. There was grace in this period of time, like I said before. The radio did that for us. We love 90s country. Joe Diffie, Marty Stewart, Hank Williams Jr., Billy Ray Cyrus, Dwight Yoakam, and John Anderson. Our favorite to sing and listen to on repeat was Just a Swingin' by John Anderson. Visiting the Beeler's Farm and the Sanders Farm, all the people connected, we picked up the vibe and flavor of country music. We had no clue and both freaked out, my sister and I. What a surprise. We had so much fun. Oh, whoa, whoa, back up. So the surprise was that my mom got us tickets to go see John Anderson at the fair. And we, the sister and I both freaked out. We couldn't believe it. We had no idea it was coming. We knew about the state fair. We had been there before, but it wasn't something like we expected to happen. It was like a once in a while thing. But we are going to Salem, thinking about it now. And it must have lined up with something else we are doing there. But we were very surprised, and we had so much fun just going there and getting ready to go there. I remember getting fair food. We had elephant ears and futuristic ice cream, the little like mini balls of ice cream. I was so into that. We had popcorn and kettle corn and candy peanuts and almonds. Oh man, all the like those little things, hot dogs, those naughty things at the fair. Oh, I love fair food. Um, so I remember we got really close to the stage, uh, and it was a rock, a rock and stage, like so much lights and crazy stuff. It was a rocking show. Uh, my poor sister though was too little and she cried because she couldn't see and people were not aware of her. Like everybody's having such a good time and I could really, I couldn't see that well. I was, I think I couldn't have been more than like eight or nine. But she was just a lot shorter. But this nice guy turned around and lifted her up on his shoulders. This like older dude could have been like our dad or maybe a grandpa or something. And uh, then she had the best seat in the house. I just remember smiling so much and having such a good time. My mom was so thankful. And just all the people there were super nice. And when that song came on. Our brains exploded and we cheered so loud. I feel like I went hoarse because I was so excited. Um, it felt like a music video when he played my favorite song. I was floored the whole way home to Tillamook after that. I just felt like I was walking on sunshine. I wanted to rock and roll and I wanted to honky tonk. I was starstruck. I didn't understand the feeling back then, but I do now. 
deep down that experience made me want to be as close to music as possible. Maybe make a little someday. Thank you, mom. So, yeah. So even though we were doing really sketchy stuff and we were around a lot of sketchy people, I was able to have good times with my mom. And I don't want to paint my mom. I won't say a lot about this, but I'm not trying to paint my mom as a bad person. And this story like helped me do that. Like there's grace with her. There's grace with everybody, but there's also traumas with everybody. So it's a balance with her. I'm going to be truthful and that's how she'd be with me. So I just have to tell the truth and do it justice that way. Last little thing. I thought of another story where my mom left me at this house. I was this kid I kind of knew, but he ended up kind of making fun of me and being a jerk. He stole some of my star Wars toys. But anyway, I went to his house and it wasn't really going well. And my mom was supposed to come and it was like, first it was like five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. And the mom called like, Oh, your mom's going to be late. And then she, uh, I'll probably stay for dinner. And I remember eating dinner and then like, eventually they're like, Oh, we're going to bed. And they just gave me a blanket and I like slept on the couch, but I didn't sleep. I waited. And my mom came in the morning and I remember being so pissed just like the other time. And she left me and like, that's oh, this time period is so wrapped in fear and like the unknown and I've had to fight over that so much it wasn't just like the fact my mom did that it was like I had to get over it. even if it wasn't my mom it was me I had to get over that fear that I could overcome and like wait it out and it'd be okay and I did but I was upset about it but now I know how to deal with it now I write about it now I talk about it now I share with you about it and try to help somebody else so with that being said go find your own grace in your traumas happy hunting until next time